another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Gang's back again. Nick, Logan, Jesse, another week. Just one week off, but we're excited for this. I think we got, is it week 10, week 11? Regardless, been a lot of football that have been played so far and a lot more. We're actually recording right in the middle of the Bears-Panthers, a thrilling Thursday night football game here. Very sarcastic. But today, we're going to be talking value checks on players. So we're just going to throw out a player, and we're going to just kind of gauge like how we value this player, like whether or not we're still in on him, like like in terms of like pick value, what we think of this player, and just kind of like toss these guys around. Because it was something last podcast, like towards the end, I know Logan was tossing out names, and we thought, you know what? Let's just do a pod on this. Like we, like it's a lot of fun discussing players and discussing their values and just like, because everyone has a different opinion and that's what makes it a lot of fun. But do you guys have any opening thoughts or are you ready to just hop right in? Yeah, I don't know if I have too many thoughts. I honestly, I might change up a little bit of what I want to talk about with one player. I was kind of wondering, what do you guys think about the Washington uh, Commanders right now? Are they tanking or is Sam Howell going to carry them? Jahan Dotson, is he realistic? Is he going to keep it up? Or we, we I, I just put in a trade offer for Sam Howell like <clears throat> three, four hours ago. Did you? Um, it would be potentially buying pretty high on the guy, but uh, but I don't know. I'm in a league where I have Daniel Jones. Me and Nick actually talked about this, uh, like looking for teams who had Daniel Jones and uh, Kirk Cousins and like targeting them if you have a QB that you're trying to get rid of. But uh, yeah, I, I was looking and I happened to be one of those teams. I have a few teams that had Daniel Jones. The good news is most of those had Baker Mayfield. However, this one didn't. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think Sam Howell uh, – I don't know. I could see it, man. I mean, he's young enough. I don't see the Washington Commanders like having a super high draft pick. That's that's really the issue with with it. So I think Sam Howell, you can buy into him a bit. As far as everyone else, it's pretty hard to. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? And I was gonna say is I I do not think they're tanking because with Ron Rivera, like that guy needs to win, like for his job security sake. And like with teams like that, like you can just pretty much bake them into picking anywhere from like eight to 20, like that's probably where they're going to land. So like, they're not going to be in a spot to take a quarterback. But another question is like Jonathan Allen made the comment that he thought he was, they found their franchise quarterback with Sam Howell, that he'll be their quarterback for the next five to 10, whatever years. Like, how do you guys, do you guys value that? Like, do you think that's like something you take into consideration or is it just like just a random opinion? Like it is a fan. Like, do you think that like holds weight or you think that, I don't know. I'm, I don't really know what to think of it. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those tough spots where it's just like, maybe he's just getting cooked on defense. Maybe he's washed up or something whenever he's doing scout team reps or something. But I honestly just feel like the commanders are so volatile that it's almost hard to tell if he's going to be there next season because they could just absolutely nuke everything. Maybe they even, like, trade for someone. Who knows? Yeah, because, I mean, I think that quarterbacks in general don't get moved as often as we would like them to. But at the same time... Ooh, nice. But, like, at the same time, like, if a Kirk Cousins or 
like someone like that becomes available. Like, I don't think Washington's going to pass that up. Like, I, I think they would move on at the opportunity, but I think they'd be okay with sticking with Howell. But I mean, they're probably also a team that's at risk of drafting someone in the first couple of rounds, like whether maybe not in the first, but like in the second, third round. Yeah, no, I'm with you you on that one, Nick. I feel like uh, they would if the opportunity came came up, but uh, I just don't see that opportunity coming up anytime soon. So that's just yeah. kind of where I'm for, for Sam Howell. But I mean, as far as the, the Washington, I think they're in purgatory for a long time. Yeah, and I want to toss a closing thought here, and it's just like I feel like Sam Howell is that evidence of fantasy versus real value on a quarterback. Like he's been behind in a lot of games, so therefore he's had to like throw the ball a lot. So it's kind of like a skewed reference point on whether he's actually good for the team or if they just have so many weak points that he's just like keeping them in. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about this for too much here but i also like got to take into consideration that like eric the enemy's like i'm i kind of expect him to get a head coaching job after this year to where they'd be having a brand new offense coming in even if rivera stays which i i still think that's a long shot and i don't know um yeah i sam howell's a diff, difficult one for me to like value just because he's he's been throwing a lot like his volume has been pretty ridiculous these last few weeks but at the same time like that dude takes like he'll take any sack like you need a sack sam howell will be there right away and that's only was on the Titans. <laughs> yeah it's so true but like i don't i don't know it's it's an interesting situation yeah speaking of someone who, who's kind of been been like that but just with turnovers uh the person i was going to talk about next was trevor lawrence he has – it's like if if they're in the red zone and the other team needs a turnover, Trevor Lawrence will find a way. And, uh, I mean, it has just held back his fantasy value a ton. Of course, you know, everyone, like, kind of says, like, ah, like, uh, ETN has, has made that happen because he's been so good at, at running the ball. But, I mean, I just feel like if uh, – it seems like every time that I watch their games, there's always, like, two or three drives that – there's a turnover like deep, like there's a great drive going on and then there's a turnover. And a lot of times it's on Trevor Lawrence. Like it's a fumble. It's a interception. I don't know. He hasn't been playing uh, up to the, to the level that uh, I would think, you know, like from the eye test, the only thing that I think uh, has kept his value is everyone knows, you know, what he was as a recruit um, and, you know, just what he has shown previously. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's hard. He's hard to, to judge right now I, I don't know exactly where the value is in dynasty but uh but yeah trevor lawrence what do you guys think all righty uh, so then we'll just move on to uh <laughs> yeah we uh i, I don't know <laughs> like i i don't agree like i i still view lawrence pretty high like i, I just looked up he's he has seven turnovers on the year and like that's less than a lot of quarterbacks. Like that's less than Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, like a lot of the top tier quarterbacks. Like I don't, I think a lot of the issues, like they've had a lot of drops. Like I, I think that's been a thing that's kind of plagued their offense maybe more so. And like the thing about Doug Peterson that I like is he is a great play caller. He's tremendous at it. 
But the thing that I don't like about Doug Peterson is after one year at his teams, he decides to hand the play calling duties over to a guy named Press Taylor. It happened with the Eagles and it's happened again with the Jaguars. And the guy still isn't good at calling plays. And that that's that's my biggest concern. But at the same time, the Jaguars are winning. And like that's where it's like I, I think he's doing okay. But for fantasy, he hasn't he hasn't produced this year. And I, I think a lot of that's been dropped. And I think that it will turn around. I, I think he'll the touchdown rate will start to go up because I, I think they've moved the ball. It's just in the red zone. Like Zay Jones has a lot of drops. Calvin Ridley has drops. Kirk has drops. Ingram has drops. Like they just haven't like to be honest, I I've thought for a while, sorry, I'm I'm rambling here, but I, I think they need a number one wide receiver. And that's at, at Clemson, I thought he was the best when he had a bigger wide receiver on the outside and they Really haven't gotten someone like that, and I I would like to see it happen. Yeah, and I feel like my only criticism uh, one free my boy Zay Jones. He's only played like three games. Nick, geez, roast him much? Just kidding. He had a ton of drops whenever they were in London or whatever. But so the one, th- so just I I probably need to watch him like every snap to actually look into this a little bit more. But the one thing that I'm seeing that's a little bit more concerning compared to his last two years is he's like statistically on like a pace to pass his like sack record of his career in the NFL so far. Like it seems like he's getting pressured and like actually taking the sacks. And so maybe that's something that's hindering him. I don't really know if it's necessarily like the turnovers, maybe it's the sacks leading into fumbles that's doing it. But I think he's still like a pretty good asset to have on your team. Maybe if you're competing, you might be like, shit, I wish he did a little bit better, but I don't know. I, the receivers are eh. I feel like Evan Ingram's been a pretty good addition. I just feel like overall they need to like clean it up a little bit on the offense. And I feel like ETN's been completely outperforming again this year too. So it kind of diminishes his value a little bit. I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. I think he's fine, but he's not doing as great as everyone thought he would be doing this year. I think he's kind of a buy low. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and I I also think that his value is just kind of too high right now to to think of as as too much of a of a buy low. Sorry, I was uh, I was actually muted. I was trying to say that a second ago, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think no, I I agree too because like especially if you followed Trevor Lawrence's career, he's been like such a highly spoken recruit like his entire life that he's had like such a high standard just placed on his head that I think it's kind of gotten into like the fantasy value, even though like he's a great asset as a quarterback, he kind of got put on an unfortunate team and they've been turning it around. So I think, yeah, if you can get good value with him, I'd get him. But since they're five and two, I don't really see why they would like change up what they're doing either. You know I mean? Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if the fantasy community isn't, panicking then you're not going to be able to get him for cheap and then i'm i'm not really all that interested in him but that's good to know because uh if if they were to panic i it is somebody i would, I would want to get in on um yeah who who, uh, who who wants to go next oh, logan yeah you're next right your next. <laughs> i'll be put on the spot i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i got this uh so one person i wanted to talk about was t higgins and i kind of wanted to you know kind of understand what do you guys think of him right now like i know he's a great receiver the only thing that i think i'm concerned about is one is injury history and two is like 
do you guys have any like uncertainty or like things that might worry you with him carrying on to another team, like the Bengals not being able to re-sign him? Like, I think he's a great receiver, but like, would that diminish? Would you sell based off of his uncertainty in the future? I won't, I'll start it off. Uh, I, I would not sell. But also, I'm starting it because Nick, we're talking about T. Higgins in case whatever you whatever happened on the game was too exciting, and you, dude, you, you, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I wouldn't sell T. Higgins. I think that uh, he's uh, I think that his talent is just like he's he would be such a selling low if you were to sell him now. Uh, yeah, because the future the future is isn't known. I like to to roll the dice on those kind of guys. So, uh, especially that kind of talent, I believe in the talent. So, now if anything, I'm going to buy T Higgins right now. What do you think, Nick? I mean, the thing about T Higgins is like at this point, I I don't think you can ignore the elephant in the room. Is that the guy can't stay healthy? Like he, I don't know if you guys saw, but he has a hamstring injury that popped up at practice either today or yesterday, and he's going to be out this week. And as you guys know, hamstring injuries linger. So, I mean, I'm kind of of the belief that I I don't think we're going to get much out of T. Higgins this year in fantasy. But, I mean, long-term, like, yeah, when he when he plays, he produces. But he has not played a full season so far. And that's that's the thing that's hurt him the most. I mean, I if he went to another team, I'd probably love him more. But like, even with the Bengals, like when Joe Burrow's cooking, like T Higgins is really good. So I don't know. I'm, I still like T Higgins, but it's tough to ignore the injuries. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if it's like the most trustworthy site, but I feel like I've been doing a lot more this year where I type in like X NFL player injury history. And I feel like I've been doing it a ton where like this year, well, I have it pulled up right now. I, typed in T Higgins injury history. I pull up draftsharks.com and it gives me like what, how he's been injured in the last six years. And it, you know, gives some sort of percentage, maybe, you know, honestly, it's been somewhat accurate where it said he had an 89% chance of injury. He his projected games missed in 2023 is 2.50. So it's already like online. And I just feel like having that list of injuries so far is not good. And it looks like you said multiple hamstring injuries already. 2020, 2021, and this recent one. So I don't know. Hopefully he stays healthy, but just something that I'm kind of concerned about. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. I'll go ahead and move on to my first one here. Um, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is sorry, I, I should have came prepared for this. Keenan Allen is 31 years old at this point. But when I checked today, Keenan Allen's on pace to have maybe his best season that he's had in the NFL. So it's just my question is like, what would you guys like what would you give up to acquire him? And do you think he's a guy that's just like you're acquiring him for just this season? Or do you are you of the belief that he's a guy that's going to be good for the next couple of seasons? I think it's going to be tough for him to keep it up for the next couple of seasons. Thirty one's pretty getting up there in age for a receiver, and I mean we've even seen it with like greats like Devontae Adams. You know, a few years 
I just yeah, I don't see it uh I don't see it for him. Um but yeah, as far as this year, um in Dynasty, I'd be willing to give up two seconds. I mean, I would try to do everything to not give up a first. That's and then of course on the flip side, if I'm selling Keenan Allen, I'm doing everything I can to get a first. So I think that's like right around where he's at that late first round, uh that late first round pick. I think that's actually a great move for someone who's gonna going for it in the championship, you know. Giving up 109, 110, 111, 112 for Keenan Allen. And then for vice versa for for the person who's uh who's tanking. Obviously, if you have Keenan Allen, I would hold him for uh for the season if you're competing, you know. Yeah, I feel like if you're kind of on that borderline, so I feel like you know, of course, you assess your league. If you're in that mid to high position to make a playoff run, I feel like you kind of just look at your max PF points. If you're sitting into mid to high spots, but you don't have the receiver, I feel like you trade your first round. I might get a little uh, antsy on that. If you think you can compete and you actually need the spot and you can flip it for a late round, first round, I would do it. But other than that, I don't think I would trade any receivers or anything for him. I would just do draft pieces. All right, then maybe, like maybe I'll know where you're swing on this. But I, I'm actually in a league where I'm thinking about making a move for Allen, and I've been in trade discussions with this guy. And would you guys give up Tank Dell for Keenan Allen? Yes, I think that's a great move. Okay. Would you would you give up Tank Dell in a second? I don't no, think probably I do. not. I would not do that. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, that was my thoughts. And how about the other one is, would you give up Zay Flowers to get Keenan Allen on a competing team? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I would. Yeah, I'd give up Tank Dell. I don't think I'd give up Zay Flowers. <laughs> not Lamar's only receiver. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I'm... The thing is, is I, I even even uh, Nico Collins is still the better receiver. Like Tank Dell, like he had a good game and stuff, but like at the end of the day, I just don't see him having a better year than Nico does. Like even in the future, because Nico's also so young. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I <laughs> in that league, I'm I'm trying to do like whatever I can to get rid of Tank Dell, and I I'm almost tempted to do. Tank Dell in a second, and then get Keenan Keenan in like a, another small piece. But I'm I'm also at the same time like if I can give up Zay Flowers and get Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen plus like I I'm tempted to do that. Like I I just think Keenan Allen's a guy that like he could like we're watching Adam Thielen this year producing so well like in his 30s that I I think Keenan's a guy that like. The Chargers aren't going to give up on him after this year. Like, I, I think he's a guy that next year, like, I'm, I'm going to have a tough time viewing him outside of the top fifteen, top twenty receivers entering the season. Like, I, I think he's a guy that kind of holds value even going into next year. I mean, that's that was kind of my thoughts. Whereas, like, Zay Flowers, just like he, he's been productive, but he's also had those games where he's had like one to three targets, one catch, where it's just like we. We don't really know what Save Flower is going to do. But whereas with Keenan Allen, it's just like you can kind of lock him into a top 20, 24, maybe even top 12 wide receiver. Yeah, no, and I completely agree. And I feel like the thing that I think ties down Keenan Allen, I know I criticized him in the last podcast. As long as he stays healthy, 
Justin Erber already has his contract. So it's like moving forward, like I feel like the uncertainty of Mike Williams being healthy and, you know, Quentin Johnston, Joshua Palmer, not always being the most productive receivers. He's like the most consistent thing about that offense minus Eckler if he's healthy. So it's just like, why wouldn't you want to try to hold on to a piece that's just going to be consistent like that and, you know, produce top fantasy results. Yeah, yeah so I'd I'm, go for him if you could. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not to spend too much time on that one. We can, I mean, are we good to move on to another one here? I, yeah. I actually want to want to throw one in here. Yeah, go um, for it. This is right off the cuff. Uh, actually, based on something uh, we're watching happen uh, right now. Great player to throw in here. I think uh, throwing you guys a curveball, Justin Fields. Where are we at on this guy, <laughs> man? Because. Ooh, I'm just watching this game. I'm seeing the Bears win another one, and I'm going, ooh, are the Bears. The weekly Justin Fields discussion. Yeah, just dude, book it I in. know, but it's just wild. Like we said, like we said, listeners, we're, we're, we're watching this mid-game. So, like, I'm just watching. I just can't help but think about it, you know? So yeah, Why don't we talk about it anything there. else? <laughs> right, right. Um, Fields podcast. So, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Oh, wait, wait, a false start? I I guess you guys might have seen more of this game than I did. Oh, oh, never mind. No, it's all it's all over. Uh yeah, so I mean, what do we think? Is 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 Justin Fields getting the job back next week, boys? Yes. If he's healthy, he's he's gonna have the job. If he can grab a ball and throw up forward, he he has the job. Yeah. Even though they've won more games now, right? I'm doing my math right here, yeah. We have, what, six interceptions in three or four games with Badgett? Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, man. The, it's, it's, they played, it's what, winning, the Raiders and Panthers? Ball, dude. I don't know. I don't know when you're winning ball. Brock Purdy pulled it off, man. I don't know. I, did, I do not think Badgett looked very good tonight. Like, I, I was kind of – Early on in the game, I was like, I, I can't wait for Fields to be back. Like I, I'm just glad I mean, they won. Yeah. Like I. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, then we don't got to discuss this one. We but, can we can, get, we can move on. But, <laughs> but we can. I mean, we can discuss it because I I actually almost wanted to put it in just like just to be like, well, guys, we're back again. The Justin Fields discussion. It's weekly, but like I, I'm nervous about his injury. Like he didn't go on IR. So they they thought that he was going to be a two three week injury, maybe back in four games, and it's now five that he's not back, and it doesn't he's practice limited, but it's just like I, I mean, I think it's like do you guys disagree? I I don't see any way in which Justin Fields is the quarterback of the Bears next year. Like do you guys disagree with that? Like do you see any scenario in which he's the week one starter for the Bears next year? Yeah, it's no, I so... completely disagree. I. It's feel like they need to let their quarterback write out one contract because they still have two more years left when they could displace their assets on like other things because it's the Bears way to keep recycling quarterbacks. And I, you got to let one stay an entire contract. It would be so funny to hear the boos if the Bears get the 101 and they don't take Caleb Williams. Oh, I, I in my opinion, if the Bears have a pick in the top five, they're going to take a quarterback. Like I think in Mays too and trade fields, I'd be down for it. Yeah. 
yeah, like I, I think if they don't get Caleb Williams, like they'll get Drake May. Or if they don't get Drake May, they'll get JJ McCarthy. Like I, I Yeah, no, I agree I, with you there. I don't think Fields is gonna be a bear next year. And it's just a matter of where does he go? Yeah, yeah. where where are they gonna trade him? Well, yeah, the real like, question is is do you think that their coaching staff stays? And if they stay, do they keep the quarterback? Do they rotate it? How do they do it? I mean, I I think if they have the number one overall pick, the coaching staff's gone and they kind of they pick they hand pick someone for Caleb Williams. And I think the same would probably be the case for Drake May. But I mean, I think if they get Drake May or JJ McCarthy, I think they'd maybe more be more likely to be like, you know what? Like let's just ride out with the staff if they improve throughout the year, which I I would disagree with it, but I I don't know. I I I don't think Fields will be back. But like the coaching staff, I think has a better chance of being with the Bears next year, like as this week one than Justin Fields. But I, like I, I, I don't want to see the coaching staff back, like regardless. But I don't know. Thanks for letting us know how you feel, Nick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Downer we'll, Bears fan, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, yeah, I mean, do, do, do you have anything you wanted to add, Logan, or does anybody want to jump on to the next one? No, I didn't really have much of that. I uh, just have, you know, blind faith in Justin Fields to reclaim the starting spot. And honestly, I just want to see a contract or a, you know, a quarterback get their full contract on the Bears so that they can build around. And then, you know, do the rookie quarterback shuffle when they actually have the pieces. Because, like, top draft picks, you know, in this certain circumstance, they could get some serious assets if they don't, you know, use it on a quarterback. Think about how much Justin Fields was loved 11 weeks ago. 11 weeks ago, the city of Chicago were so behind that, man. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I mean, and now we see nick <laughs> well i mean it's it's kind of weird like he kind of has a cult following like if you're on a certain part of twitter like there's still a lot of people that are huge fans and think that the bears no matter what are going to have him next year but it's just yeah i i had more faith that he was going to make a jump but it's just at this point i i don't think the bears can go forward again next year and be like you know can he make the jump can he it's just like i think we're kind of past that I think it's best to kind of start the rookie contract and like throughout this back stretch of the season, if fields plays well, then like he could have more trade value. I don't know. I, I just think the bears are at the point where they're probably going to go in a different direction. Yeah. I want to add in too. Uh, the one thing that deters me on all this is can the bears actually use their cap space in a meaningful way? Are they just going to sign really expensive linebackers and just like patch places that are all right? You know, are they actually going to bring in some people that are good? I don't know. Yeah, that's my concern, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a ton of faith in the GM. But but the only thing is, if you get a quarterback that comes in and is good, like it's not going to matter. Like that's, that's one thing I've realized. It's just like there's a lot of bad GMs in the league that happened to draft the right quarterback that are still on the team. Like, I don't think the bills have a great GM. Like, I, I don't know that the Bengals, the chiefs, like, I don't know that they really have a great GM. Like, it's just like, they got their quarterback 
And it's just like that kind of buys you. The, I mean, and the Chargers are another one. Like, it's just like the, they got the quarterbacks, which is like it buys you time. But it's just like having someone who can like get the quarterback and build a team around him. Like, that's a different situation. But what if they draft the next Daniel Jones? Pick I mean, six. <laughs> I mean, they could. They, they could. But I don't know. I, I just. I think if they draft a good quarterback, he's going to be good, regardless of the management. It's just so funny looking, like thinking back on like how excited everybody was for Justin Fields and how like he was the savior and all these things. It's like, just feel like quick to give up, man. I don't know. I feel like uh, we got to give the kid a little bit more of a chance. You're just seeing the Bears fan base. We got Trubisky losing to the playoffs of the double doink, and then we let That's Fields the right They're out hurt. after we They're get hurt. rid of him and Nagy. So it's just like this constant cycle of what I think that might just continue in the organization if they don't patch around other things. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Logan. I agree. My only thing is I – then we can move on to the next one. But he'd like to see more at this point of his career. The, the, like very, very, very rarely do you see a quarterback that at this point in their career still cannot play that all of a sudden become good. Like we saw Daniel Jones. He had a good fourth season and they made the mistake of just sticking with him. And that put them, they're going to be drafting a quarterback this year. Like we, we can agree on that, right? Like, it's just like you, you do not see a lot of quarterbacks three to four years in finally figure out how to play. And that's that's kind of my thought on Fields. It's just like he's that, shown flashes, but he, he just hasn't developed. Yeah, no, that is a really, really good point, actually. I, I agree with that with that last statement for sure, that you don't see many quarterbacks figure it out. Um, but you did also bring something else just a second back. I forgot to bring it up. You said something about the Bills. Hmm. How are you feeling about them, Nick? Because uh, – it sounds like they might not even make the playoffs. Your precious Bills. And Josh Allen, your boy. Your boy. What's going on, Nick? I, I do think the Bills are going to make the playoffs, but the Bills have not drafted well. Like I they, they Bills have not drafted. I believe I've seen that the Bills and Chargers are in the same boat. That they both have not drafted a Pro Bowler in like the last three to four seasons. Like that's just both teams. They found their quarterback. But it's just like after that, they just forgot how to draft. Last year, Kyrie Elam, the Bear or the Bills' first round cornerback from last year, he's been a healthy scratch for like eight weeks this year. Like it's just like when you have a quarterback and you have like their salary as a huge portion, you can't afford to miss the way that the Bills and the Chargers have missed. And it's just like the Bills defensively, they lost Matt Milano, and it's just they can't stop anyone. Like they're defensively, they're not very good. And it's just on, on offense, they got Stephon Diggs. And it's just like they then they just forgot to keep drafting. Like Dalton Kincaid's had some good spurts here, but it's just like they I, I just don't think they've improved their team. Like they found their quarterback and just thought that they were good. But it's just I I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on situations like that. That I, I think when you find your quarterback, I think it's good to get like GMs should not have perfect job security just because they found a quarterback. Well, like you got to keep that... being able to cycle through and get new ideas and new people in to kind of help your team out. 
Well, that was the Bills GM last year, right? That said something like, oh, we're not in the same level or some weird that like he was handicapped compared to other teams. And I was just like, that is just a horrible statement. Like, sorry, you might suck at drafting, but like maybe you should get better. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and they, they drafted a bunch of defensive linemen. Like they've wanted to improve their defensive front. So they've drafted a bunch of them the last several years. And it's just the the best one is Von Miller, a guy that you traded for. And it's just like none of the guys that they drafted ended up being that great. Osiris Torrance, though, might be a great draft pick that I wish other teams that I liked got instead because he fell. Yeah, sure. he he could be a, he could be a good one, and hope, hopefully they start doing better at it. But I I do think the Bills are going to turn around and make the playoffs. Like a guy like Josh Allen, it's tough to keep him out of playoffs. Want to bet? Yeah. We got a lock on the... 10 bucks on here. the pod? 10 bucks on the pod. The Let's Bills do it. Playoffs. Lock it in. The year. They're out. And then Josh McDermott going to get fired. Let's hope <laughs> Josh McDermott doesn't. But Sean might be... Glad he didn't say Doug. <laughs> what? We're going to be back with a quick break. And we'll be ready to discuss some more players. Yo, what up, everybody? It's your favorite Dino. <laughs> Bringing us back in here because uh, you all know um, if you're a list, if you're a longtime listener here, I don't like anything more than arguing, especially uh, especially with Nick. And uh, we were talking earlier today. Naturally, I'm somebody who in Dynasty, you know, whenever you're sending a trade, you know the other person isn't going to let a third round pick stop the trade sure it might tilt the trade a little bit in your favor but if you if you know the other person's maybe a little bit more in the desperate position i mean anything like that i've i feel like i personally have like used someone being so desperate that i've gotten an extra second on deals sometimes like i'm the one who pushes that um nick of course he claims he this is his his claim is that he tells people to kick rocks and he says oh i tell people to kick rocks eight out of ten times when they do that I said, there's no way. There's no way because I have seen this man accept multiple trades with a third just a little ticky tacked on there. So there's no way he's telling people to kick rocks that much. But and in my experience, because I am somebody who who does throw on that third or that second, you know, trying to get all V can out of the trade and also, you know, um sometimes even a little bit more. I feel like it works pretty often. I feel like I hit on it more often than I don't. And so, uh, and, and never, never does it. Do I lose the deal? Then I give it two or three days, send them the original offer and then they accept it, you know? So that's, that's where I'm at on it. And that's my recommendation. That's my advice. That's my professional advice to all of you. Um, but yeah, Nick, Nick is going to give you, give you some moral high road. All right, go ahead, Nick, take it away. <laughs> so I would say in general it it kind of depends. Like if if it's a deal that I'm really pushing for, if someone counters with a third, I'll do it. You know, I'll I'll just go ahead and push it through if I if I really need to get it done. But in general, I I just think it's petty. Like it's just like 
everyone wants to be a winner of a trade. So it's just like there are a decent amount of people that will never accept your first offer. And, and that's the people that that's the people I'm fighting against here. It's just those people that it's just like you send an offer that it's pretty favorable towards them, but they're like, well, I can get a third out of it. So then they send back the same offer, but with them getting an extra third. And I'm just like, no, you know what? I'm going to decline this. Like just and what I usually do is I'll decline it within 10 seconds and I'll be like, well, I'm done. And then, Nine times out of 10, you will receive a message from them within two to three hours where they're just like, hey, like if you like, I'd prefer to have a third, but I'd end up doing that deal anyways. And then within and then they'll send the deal back and I'll give it a day of sitting there, then I'll accept it. But it's just like I I'm a guy that's just I, I just do not think it's necessary. Like if it's a deal where I think I'm really helping them out with it, where it's just like I'm just like you know what I need this player, I'll overpay. And then they still want a third. I'll be like no. I'll find someone else to trade with. Like worst comes to worst, but yeah, I'll find someone else. But it's just like if there are circumstances, well, I'll just do it. But like in deals, there are some deals where I'm just like, yeah, like just a first, like nah. Like, I, I want to take a shot on a guy, like a young guy who's just, like, not a star, where it's just, like, I want them tacked on. I'll, I'll do that. Like, it's just, like, a throw-in guy in a deal. Like, I'll, I'll do that. But it's just, like, I, I won't hold up a deal for a fourth-round pick, third-round pick like some people do. My, my response, I love how you said that you, within 10 seconds, you like to reject it. This What sparked this entire conversation today, listeners, is I had a trade deadline today before the game started. I had Tua, Kyler Murray was coming back. I didn't realize it until yesterday, and uh, Jalen Hurts. So I'm trying to sell Tua because of the schedule. I had to get it done. Okay, so I sent Tua for uh, ETN and uh, who was it, Nick? Deontay Foreman. Yeah, Foreman. 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 Uh, Deontay Foreman. He sends me back Tua and a third for Foreman and uh, ETN and I hit accept so freaking fast. He was, he, he could tell, I could tell from the way he was messaging me afterwards that he was like, oof, I messed up. I should have asked for more. And it, it, even if I didn't win, it felt, it made me feel like I won just by smash accepting, just going full in full bore. And at the end of the day, the guy had me, I had a trade deadline. I had to meet, I had to get rid of the guy. So in my, in my, I, I respect the game. So because I do it, because I do it, I respect the game. And I thought, hey, man, it's my time. It's my time to give back. You got me. It's like when you're in check, you know, like sometimes you're in pressure. Your night is in pressure, you know, or whatever. And you got to you got to make you got to make something happen. You know, it's worth it. And it's part of the game, in my opinion, it's part of the game. Logan, you're the you're the party that is non-biased here. Let's, Let's hear what you have to say about it. Can I say one thing first? No. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> that that third round in that deal was a 2026 third round pick. Yeah. Which is insane to me. <laughs> if you de- if you decline that trade, Jesse, are you telling me that that dude would just be like, "Okay, well, deal's up." Like I really needed that 2026 third round pick to push me over the top. Like that's just that's bullshit. I'm sorry. Like I I would have declined that. 
No, no. But at the end of the day, I respect the hustle. I respect the game. That's why I accepted. You're absolutely right. I probably could have pushed back. But at the end of the day, if he, if, what if he doesn't like he doesn't even look at my counter or something, and then the game start, he forgets about it. He's at work. Like, there's so many things that could have happened in between that it was just like, no way, I'm not chancing all that. Like, if, if, yeah, no way, no way. In the position I'm in, I, especially if you're desperate, you gotta, you gotta just take the L and and respect the game, respect the game. That's part of the game. All right, Logan, what do you say? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, what do you really get out of a third round in 2026? Honestly, I'm maybe just not the biggest believer in third round in general, but like, obviously you can cherry pick like crazy people that went in the third round, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, speaking on my own terms, I'm one that usually sends just a straight fair value trade. And if the dude counters, I'm like, I, I'm out. I sent you exactly what I wanted and how it should be. And if you don't want it, I'll shop it with someone else. Like, seriously, like, I don't want to low ball or high ball, whatever, because if they're going to start doing the countering game and they don't add pieces on their side, like, then I don't want to talk, you know? Dynasty is all about trading. What's trading without negotiating? Negotiate. Oh, man. Then I'll go someone else. I'll go with Uh, someone else. I want to negotiate the fair value of the players I'm offering. Yeah, yeah. But if they got to be allowed to counter with a fair counter, I mean, that's got to be fair. And if they counter with just a third. Oh, man. I disagree, Logan. And I I would. I know we're in a few leagues together. Well, I'm up. Hey, this is recorded. This is what the pod's all about. This is going to be all record. Well, you can look through me and Nick's trades because we've traded plenty of times last year. In about three months. In about three months when we forget a little. Oh, dang it. No, Logan's memory's a thing of steel. Never mind. Logan's never going to forget about this. All right. Well. I don't know. I I think that that you if the if it was the right trade you'd you'd allow it. You'd be like fuck it a third. Yeah, and like you said, it's a twenty twenty six third for me too. What do I care? It just the guy gets to type it in a trade calculator and feel great about himself. What do I? What's what's wrong with that? Come well, on. So what was the trade exactly? Again? Because honestly, I don't really care about a twenty twenty six third. Right. Who, who knows if we'll live that long? You know. Or or, or I can decline risk. Risk the dude not opening the message. The risk the dude just forgetting that there's the trade deadline until at the game. Like, dude, risk all that for a 20th, 26th third. That's what Nick claims he would have done. Bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, I'm I'm with Logan on this. I'm a person who, like in fantasy leagues, if I'm in a league where it's just everybody sent realistic trade offers from the start, that's my favorite kind of leagues. Whereas the leagues where it's just like, the first offer is always just a low ball, and then you have to counter. It's just like there are some people that view trading as just like, oh, well, that's the they're that's their just initial offer. Like I can get something better. Like that that's how some people view trading, and I I cannot stand that aspect of trading. And that's where it's just like some people I will just not trade with. I'll just stop trading with them if that's their viewpoint. Like it's okay, just like, but, sorry. no, but here's the thing with those people. You'll notice. Go through your leagues; they're always in the top. 
They're always at the top of the league. That's so true. That is so true. I go through all my leagues. The the people who haggle like that, who are always negotiating hard, they get deals done. A lot of times they're the only person in the league who's getting things done, who's keeping it active, who's keeping trades going. In the leagues that you're talking about, I, I do agree with you. It is a little bit more fun to have people who are like doing fair trades right away, and I feel you you should like feel that out. But those leagues where like, there, like, there's if I know, I know you hate that person in the league, but the reality is that person in the league usually ends up being a dog. So well, hate them all you want. They're usually just a screen name. I'm sure that's how they feel about it. That's how I'm. I I enter a lot of. I love the leagues where I don't know anybody. <laughs> Let me just tell you that much. <laughs> I, in the league I'm talking about, like the people, the two to three people that do that in that the, there's this one league where two to three people do that in the league. Those people are in purgatory. They're in the two to four win teams. And it's just, they're the people that are always putting people on the trade block and never getting trades done because they're like, and they'll message like, Oh dude, like you better accept quickly. I got three other counters that I sent out. Like you better hurry up first come first serve. I'm just like, now I'm like, no worries, dude. Like see you later. And then just like he'll message me back within the hour. Like it, it happens like Please. clockwork. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. I think it's kind of lame to like to say say that to somebody because that does like throw up red flags and it's just like it, it's like a sketchy practice almost. But uh, I do believe in casting multiple lines. With Tua, I sent out trades to six different people, but you just evaluate, you know, like I looked at every, I think I just looked at every team that had a losing record that you know had had running backs and i need a running back and i was like yo like what can we make worth worth value here um to all the but i mean i did send six offers i mean that and one of them one of them caught you know i think that that is part of it i think that is that is a trick to it is shopping things around um well i feel like you also have a great dynamic too like you're winning so you're looking down on teams that are already tanking and i feel like you know, you can easily say like, you like you have so much more power in that trade where you're like, you know, I've been winning, man. Like, you know, I don't need to do an unnecessary trade. Like I'm already here, man. Like you're on the bottom of the standings. So like, that's also like pretty helpful. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I will say for, uh, for me in particular, I only have one league that I'm like tanking hard in and that has been my most active league this year. Like tanking and trading, I found to be actually one of the funnest parts of Dynasty. Uh, Just, yeah, I mean, because the thing that I found is in my competing teams, I trade my first, like I trade my picks. And then it's kind of like, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to trade away all your young assets. Like, I don't really want to do that that much either. So, um, I mean, you can, that that is how you can stay active with it. But once you trade away your picks, then it it, it does get kind of, it's tough. Or if, like the exact situation that we were describing today where I happened to Kyler Murray's coming back. I have three top tier quarterbacks. Now I don't want to have three of them. Um, whenever my running backs were so weak, but anyway, yeah, I was just, dude, I know Nick, I can tell you're getting excited. It, it, tanking. One of the most fun things I've ever done. I've been for it. sure. I've been Hands down. It. I love it now. Until we never get good. And we're just tanking forever. Best thing ever. Hey, the the best feeling no, ever. My team's gonna come around. You can tell. Yeah. Nick knows it too. Nick knows the league I'm talking about. That team's coming around, dog. It's going like, to. 
that's the thing. I got three first. Yeah, like the thing that's the most fun is when you go full tank, and it's just like you're like, oh, next year, like, and it's just like the next year in the off season, you're wheeling and dealing. Just like that's where it gets fun. You're like, holy shit, like this team, like, ooh. And even during the season, when if you have somebody who pops off, then you get to uh, who was it the the Denver running back. Um, that's a great example of oh, I remember awesome. seeing like a bunch of tanking teams had him. And, uh, you know, as soon as he like it was like, oh, he might be the starting running back for three weeks. Like, I'll sell him. I'll sell him for whatever. I sold uh, Kareem Hunt in that league. That, that's a good like one. that stuff. is just so fun. Like you find those players that like you have you stash them and then like, oh, oh, my gosh, they hit and you get the immediate reward for it. like, hey, I want to trade. And like everyone in the league can tell. Yeah, he wants to trade Kareem Hunt. He'll he like if I send him a reasonable offer at all, he'll. He's ready to go, you know, and so, yeah, oh. no, I love it. Um, so maybe I'll just substitute my player and discuss this instead. But what do you guys think about a strategy of your team's not good or bad, but holding on your play, holding on to your players for the draft? What do you guys think about that? <laughs> no, I think it depends. I have in the league, I have. That's exactly what I've done. I've actually held strong on a few on like Garrett Wilson, Marquise Brown, a couple different guys. So I think to me, I think a good tank, you should have a core of good receivers. Mm. I think that that's the yeah. best way to tank is having a core of good receivers and then um, trying to find a quarterback is, you know, through the draft or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I mean, for, I, I just, I'm a big believer in starting off your, your tank with, wide receivers having a core of really solid young wide receivers because they're going to have the career that you know in two three years whenever you need them they're going to be primed up they're going to be in their peak um and yeah i mean i i I personally think that's that's the best build uh, from from my experience so far what do you think nick you've had a few of them (laughs) sorry for the fart noise but i nick nick's had a few tanks because he sucks at drafting no i'm kidding (laughs) no i I I like to do the one year reset and then year two. Hey, I've I have quite a few teams this year that are competing. Last year I didn't. This year we're ready to rumble. But in general, I completely staying pat. Like I I'm not a fan of that because I I think it's good to always be out trying to like always trying to improve your team and. I mean, I I think in general, it depends on the situation. It depends on the, like, the draft. Like, it's just, like, some leagues, like, in order to compete for the top one, two, three picks, like, you got to kind of unload. And there are some leagues where it's just, like, you can have a decent team and still get the one-on-one. So it's just, like, you got to – you can kind of gauge based on that. But in general, it's just, like, if if you have some pieces, like, I think some players are more, like, better for rebuild. Like, this year, it's just, like, right now, I think – like a, a lot of rebuilding teams had Kyler Murray. And right now they're kind of at an interesting spot because he's going to come back. But I, I think another really good target for a rebuild is Anthony Richardson or Kirk Cousins, like guys that are just not going to play this year, but it's just like, you want to have a quarterback, especially a super flex league. Like, like being a competing team a year later without any quarterbacks, like that's, that's going to be tough. Whereas it's just like if you have an Anthony Richardson, if you have a Cousins waiting for you and like players like that, then you have a better chance of competing. But in general, I like your idea, Jesse, of having a core to rebuild with. But 
like even when you're rebuilding, like you can always like try to get guys that aren't in great situations, like Drake London and rebuilding teams. I've been targeting him like crazy this year. Yeah, T. Higgins, another great one to go after. It's just so it's just like I in general, I'm not a huge fan of just like just staying completely pat. Like unless it's just like you got your core and you're just like you've already made your trades to get your picks and whatever, then sure. But it's just like in general, I think it's always good to just be constantly improving your team and making moves. Kind of keeps the league healthy too. I like to trade. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like those are just kind of like ideal scenarios, you know. Um, I feel like, especially in this league I'm in with you, Nick, where it's like, of course, I hit on DeAndre Swift because I've been a you know, believer in him for a long time. And I have Alvin Kamara, who I just put on the trade block like 20 seconds ago. Uh, let's hope I get some offers. But it's just like, in this league, I drafted such a young core where I have Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, um, who else do I have? Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. And it's just like my core is so young. I feel like if I can get Alvin Kamara on another team, it's just one that I'm going to hold on to because I have Patrick Mahomes as well. But I have Kenny Pickett as my second quarterback because. How is that team bad? <laughs> because. No, I know. I mean, all it's, those guys have had bad seasons. They're actually, it sounds like it's the perfect rebuild team, in all honesty. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, I have such a young core because I drafted Josh Downs as well because I thought Michael Pittman might be out, out, out of the Colts organization after his contract. So, but um, I don't know. I just figured that the people I drafted, this is like the ideal core of young players that you can hold on to next season. If I can get rid of Alvin Kamara, for like a late first round pick. I feel like that sets my team up really good. Cause then I can go quarterback into a late round receiver or running back, but I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I, in general, like you mentioned Swift. I, if you guys don't mind my next topic, I want to talk about Swift. If you guys are good with that. But before that, I would say like even guys, like the reason why I I wouldn't just stay pat with that team is just like there's a competing team. It's just like there might be a team that really needs a wide receiver to where it's just like yeah you're happy with Devonte Smith, Michael Pittman, but if someone's desperate for a wide receiver and says hey Logan I'll give you Anthony Richardson for Devonte Smith right now or I'll give you like a first round and a second rounder for Michael Pittman. It's just like I I think that'd be a situation where I'd be I'd be willing to move, you know, like yeah, just like although you like those guys, like it's just like always be willing to like competing teams will do whatever it takes. Like that All that's right, the I, good part of a rebuild. All right, I just put Michael I just put Michael Pittman yeah, and Devontae Smith on the trade block. Thanks for the advice, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, you know what else uh, I I found in the rebuild, Logan is uh, I almost jokingly uh, named my team Team IR because I was just going through like any spots that I could that were empty. It was like why not just go on the IR, fill it with somebody. It doesn't affect your max PR, um, or yeah, yeah, your max, yeah. Uh, your max points. Um, and so yeah, yeah, that doesn't affect your draft pick. That's something that I've. That's just another tip that I've kind of like figured out. Just 
going through this. That's exactly why Nick's, you know, like Kyler, why those guys are so, so good as well to have on those teams. Yeah. I was going to say in that league specifically, I have Zach Ertz, Fryermuth, and Joshua Palmer on my IR. So it's, I only have one more spot left. So already filling it up pretty hard. Get a fourth. No reason not to have it. <laughs> right. I need to start <laughs> searching. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you guys don't mind, I might. Yeah, yeah, go on to Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on to DeAndre Swift. So, I guess, I guess the question is, guys, where are we at on Swift? Like, do we view Swift as a this year, like just having a pretty good season this year? And he, like, the Eagles draft someone, like, they move on from Swift, and we don't really hear a ton about him? Or do we view him as like Swift's the Eagles' guy for the next several years? Like, I. I, don't know. I have an opinion, yeah. but well, I I'll let you guys start. All right. I mean, I I'm a pretty big Eagles fan. I I think Howie's. I don't think Howie's gonna gonna pay a running back. I don't think he'll do it. I'm just. I think that at this point, Swift would require a decent contract. And I just I think Howie's not gonna do it. I don't think he'll do that. So. I know I hate I hate it so much, but I don't think Swift is going to be at the Eagles to stay. Unfortunately, I just think they have too many people to pay. Yeah, and I'm if Logan, if you don't mind, I I'll I did a little research on this ahead of time. So when Swift first like week one, he didn't get a ton of touches. Like I think he had one carry. Week two, week three, he exploded. Like he had those 170 yard game. He had those huge 100-plus-yard rushing game. But since week three, guys, DeAndre Swift is averaging 3.4 yards per carry. Like, he's been pretty mediocre on the ground. And the thing that kind of opened my eyes to this was the Eagles-Cowboys game on Sunday. To start the second half, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and it, it wasn't a huge deal. But the, to start the second half, the Eagles' first two carries were to Rashad Penny, which just like, yeah, like just mix him in. But to start the second half, like to me, that's a bit peculiar. And I I kind of don't think Swift's going to be a long-term asset there. To where I would say I think Swift is at a huge sell opportunity. I I, I think he's one of the biggest sells in Dynasty right now. Just because people view him like he's RB5 on the season and he's still 24 years old, but I he's he's gotten better like to where the Eagles are starting to throw him the ball a little bit now. But I I don't think he's a good runner. Like I, I don't think he has the vision. And I, I think the Eagles, if he stays on the Eagles, which I think he has another year still, I, I think they're gonna get somebody to kind of compete just because I, I think that's the way that they would prefer it. Yeah, I don't know. I think Nick's still coping on the trade we did where I got DeAndre Swift. Um, but I do want to say that I feel like, although, like, yeah, he might have Brian Robinson yards per carry the last few few weeks, but, I mean, you guys were pretty helpful on him early on in the season, if you guys listen to the pod. But um, honestly, I feel like, Regardless of stats, I feel like DeAndre Swift is showing that he can stay healthy. And I feel like that's the biggest thing about his career is that if he can stay one year healthy, 
like maybe he gets a contract somewhere else. It looked like whenever I looked up his contract with the Eagles, it looks like he's a free agent after the year. But um, from what I looked, yeah, from what I was looking at, uh, it looked like he only signed for 2023. I mean, maybe they have a claim on him in 2024, but it looks like as long as he stays healthy and is productive, I think he'll be fine. So, I don't know. I think he's fine. I think that it's been a rough stretch of games that he's been through. They played what? Cowboys, Washington, Dolphins, Jets. It's a pretty hard stretch. Yeah, dude, a lot, of people, a lot of people who were talking that S about the Eagles and how they had so such a tough schedule, they're still saying that stuff about the upcoming schedule, but forget to look at the games that they've beaten really tough, you know, supposedly tough teams. Exactly, and I think that Nick just hates the Eagles. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, I, I know that the Eagles' schedule this year is more difficult than they had last year, but it's just he's had a lot of empty calorie carries since week three against the Bucks. Like, and watching... they're still 8-1, by the way. Tough schedule, 8-1. Yep. Sorry. Just wanna, you know, oh, their their schedule is going to get more right. difficult here, Jesse, so let's – Take it easy here. I'm just kidding. But I'm I mean, not worried. I'm not... They're running through the tough teams, dog. Well, and and they're eight and one. Like they they got a nice cushion where even if they drop a few games, they're still in a pretty good spot. But I I think nonetheless, it's pretty concerning with Swift. Like 18 carries, 43 yards, 16 for 57, 15, 62. Like it's it's becoming a trend and. I like with him being a free agent after the year, like I, I think in a rebuild, I would not want to be having Swift on my team. That's my thought. What about in uh in a in a going for it team? Do you want him? Because uh we have him in our shared league. I mean, I I would like to be honest, I I might end up acquiring him on a team that I'm going for it. Just because I th- I think he's gonna get the touches. I don't I don't think that Gainwell's a super great back and I don't and Penny, like I, I think he's kind of hurt, but so I like this year. I think he'd be fine, but I, I think the Eagles are going to keep like how he can't help himself. If, if if he gets an opportunity to get a trade for a back, like he's going to do it, or he'll he'll sign a back, like I, or he'll draft a back. Like I, I think the Eagles are not going to stand pat at running back after this year. Okay, and I think the one thing that is concerning about the Eagles is. Um, Jalen Hurts and his anytime they're on the goal line, they don't give it to a running back. They do the QB sneak, the tush push, the tug of love, or whatever it's called. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the brotherly shove. Um, and I feel like that's something that separates DeAndre Swift from someone like Brian Robinson. Like Brian Robinson could be completely irrelevant with yards per carry but he could still vulture touchdowns like all the time and keep him fantasy relevant which he has been and i think that's what separates like deandre swift from someone like that like deandre swift could be completely pushed to the side after this year maybe get signed as a number two back and brian robinson could still just get i don't know eight touchdowns on the season because they're on the one yard line and anyone on the eagles will not get that with their current system so 
I think that really hurts his fantasy value. You're muted, Nick. Yeah, and I, I also think Swift is another case of one of those people that, like, in general, fantasy people are a bigger fan of Swift than the NFL is. Like, I, I don't think the NFL in general views Swift as a top-tier back. Like, he just got traded this past year for, like, a conditional fourth-rounder. Like, I, I just think after the year, I, I don't think a team's going to go in on Swift as a number one back on a team. I, Everyone I, knows that was personal. That had no yeah. way, no way. I I disagree so hard. I think that everyone thought that he was the, an RB one talent. Um, the Lions didn't use him appropriately. There were some issues with him and Campbell, and then everyone saw on prime time him ball out of control and was like, "Oh, yep, he was an RB one." It's just uh, the Lions felt like uh, burning a first round pick, trading him well, away also... for fourth and getting exactly exactly what DeAndre Swift was for uh, a first. Well, I also don't think it's appropriate to attack running backs at this time, Nick, because the whole ass situation with contracts is so fucked. Like, Miles Sanders got so lucky. I wish I had his contract. Oh my gosh, Miles Sanders' contract might go down as one of the worst contracts in history. He might get cut by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, but guys, I think at, when we're talking here, I'm I'm viewing that DeAndre, like, it's just kind of feeling more into my belief. And I, I think DeAndre Swift is the biggest sell in Dynasty right now. Because, like like you guys said, people view it that the Lions screwed up and DeAndre Swift had 170 yards on primetime television. But since then, he hasn't done anything. He's done what he's done his whole NFL career and in college. In college, he was never a full-time back. It's just like the idea of Swift, like him, him having an occasional big game it's just kind of clouding everyone's view to where it's just, I think the guy's a huge sell right now. I, I think he's a massive sell. Yeah, but isn't this the Brian Robinson debate that you guys did with me that DeAndre Swift's the number five running back. Brian Robinson was the number two running back whenever I mentioned it. No. So their fantasy stats don't lie. Like it's there. Like, I mean, Brian Robinson's a guy who's averaging three point whatever or yards per carry, you said. And <laughs> NFL teams still, the commanders still want to give him the ball. Like at Alabama, he wasn't some 200 yards per game guy. He's just a guy coaches love. And that's the opposite of Swift. Like he's a guy that, like the Everyone Lions. Loves. I, I don't think so. <laughs> like the Eagles took after one game, they realized that Gainwell, well, Gainwell got hurt. And then they, like, they, Penny never got healthy. It's where they just kind of had to go to Swift. But it's just like, I think the kind of idea of Swift is kind of greater than what he's done throughout his career. I do agree, though. Selling Swift right now might be a good spot with their remaining schedule with the Chiefs, 49ers, Bill, not Bills, Cowboys. So Yeah, that's actually the main reason I wanted to sell uh, to uh, – does anybody want to look up the Dolphins' schedule? I was looking at it earlier, and it, just, it is so brutal. Is it scary? Um, yeah, well, especially with the way the Dolphins play against good teams. That's uh, that's why I'm not I'm not really buying that much into any of the Dolphins for the rest of the year. I'm not going to get too into A Chain or any of those guys. Like, I think they're all kind the of sell highs. If only they the played ball. the Broncos like four weeks in a row. I'd be buying all their players. 
Have you guys seen the Eagles schedule? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Right oh now. yeah, no, I know it's I know I mean, it's I've, brutal, dude. The Chiefs. I feel brutal, like the though. Chiefs game. That Chiefs game is a decider. Because the Chiefs brutal, defense dude. is legit. Chiefs, the Bills, Chiefs defense 49ers, is legit. Cowboys. The 49ers are, are brutal too. The main thing is keeping Jalen Hurts alive through it all and not hurting like he was. he hurt? Dude. Yeah, yeah he, had, he, he was. He was definitely hurt. He was he, he uh at halftime I was we were so <laughs> I texted my uh my buddy Robbie, he played D one foot. I remember whenever uh he was hurt one time they he said that they went in at halftime and they stuck a needle and uh, he didn't know what the medicine was, but he said that, you know, like he had he had something like seriously wrong with him. But they stuck that needle and I mean he was like, dude, it all worked like fresh as new. Like it was it was good as new. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, they're going to do that to Jalen Hurts. He's going to come out second half, be just fine, baby. And what happened? What happened, Nick? <laughs> my, my, my knee. My knee. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the Aaron Rodgers prime time? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't think Hurts looks healthy. Like, watching him run, he, lo- he looks no, like he's he got center blocks, blocks in his feet. Like, he just doesn't look quick. But it's just like the Eagles, like, you got to, like, you're eight and one right now. Like, if you need yeah, to sit him, him for either. a game, <laughs> yeah. If you need to sit him for a game, do it. Like you got a, you got a nice cushion here. Like don't hurt your guy, like your franchise guy who you just paid. Yeah, we don't need to witness. Uh, I can't remember what game we watched where Josie Jewell ran into the locker room at halftime and he came back out a new man. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that he got like absolutely lit up and then just came back out and I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, Iowa football legend. But we will be back after a break. Dino Talk. All right, back again for the last segment here. Guys, got a question. How would you rank the following running backs in Dynasty? Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, and Chase Brown. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Nick. Thanks for uh, laying that out for us there. Um, I feel like uh, Tajay Spears probably won. And then, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, Honestly, I'd probably go with Tajay Spears, number one. And then we would go Roshan Johnson, Miller, then Brown. Honestly, the one thing I think. That was exactly how I had it. I was writing it down on Notepad, exactly how I had it, Logan. The one thing that concerns me is Brown's been useless. Miller, I think the one thing concerning about Kendra Miller is Alvin Kamara's contract could still extend for two more years, even though he's been quite controversial. But I think you could probably agree with me on this one. He doesn't take big hits. His balance is the best in the NFL. His catchability is still there. And he is so relevant to the offense when he plays. I think most likely Derrick Henry will be the one that's phased out. And I think if Roshan Johnson can be healthy, he might be the one to stay there. I just think that the Grim Reaper, Deontay Foreman is there. If Foreman's on your team, you got to worry about your spot being taken. So if they can get Foreman on the team, Roshan's in second, but he did get concussed on one of his best runs of the year, which sucks. Let me say this on my rankings, it should it's actually Spears, tear break, tear break, tear break, tear break, Roshan, Kendra Brown. 
Spears is like miles ahead of this entire group, in my opinion, as far as dynasty value. I feel like exactly. Spears almost has like locked in value. Like uh, it's almost expected now. Like I would say there's more than a 50% chance he's going to take over Henry's role. Um, Roshan, I actually disagree with Logan. I don't really think that he has. I, th- I think that from what we've seen of him, he might, he might be nothing. I think that he could be. I'm with you. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, he, he's been a disappointment in my eyes. And then, um, Kendra, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, M- Miller. I don't know. He's right there with Roshan. Like, I mean, still kind of disappointed, but maybe. And then Chase Brown. I don't even know why he's on the list. Take him away. Boom, yeah. roasted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a rookie running back that was drafted. I think fifth round, fourth round. But I. But I, I, I respect he is. that. He's from Illinois, but yeah, I, he I, should I, be on this list. Yeah, <laughs> what's what's Illinois? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I mean, he's a running back that was drafted and has been on the opening day roster and is probably second or third string. But I kind of, I, I might have mine a little bit. Actually, mine might be different than kind of all your guys. My, my view is, I had it the same way as Jesse's in a tier break. I, I had Taisha Spears probably at one, but in the same tier as Kendra Miller. I had them one, two in the same tier. And then I had a tear break and a pretty decent tear break where I had Roshan and Chase Brown. I I I think Roshan just might be bad. Like, like he has not been impressive. Like he's gotten beaten out by Khalil Herbert. First, like he got some touches the first game. We were like, oh, maybe this guy's gonna be something. Then Herbert ended up just kind of emerging from the pack. And it's just Foreman got his opportunity. He kind of ended up emerging. And it's just Roshan, it's just like he's kind of in a third down back role, but it's just I don't think he's that good as a third down back. I And also, I do not think the Bears are going to go forward next year with the same backfield of Herbert, Johnson, and Foreman. I, I think they're going to add someone. Like I, I think that's a pretty realistic possibility that the Bears add, whether it be Josh Jacobs, uh, Saquon, like someone of that caliber. Like I, w- I wouldn't put it past the Bears or – to even draft another one to where they can pass Roshan. Like, I, I just don't know that we know for sure that Roshan is that good of a running back. Like, he he was a backup to Bijan, and he was effective as a backup, but he's just he hasn't done a ton. And then Chase Brown, I, I agree. I, I don't think he's going to do much of anything. But Kendra Miller and Tajay Spears, like, those guys are both with aging running backs. And Kendra Miller... Like Tajay Spears has shown more so far, but Kendra Miller is only 20 years old still. Like, he's very young, and he's a guy that I think can be, end up being good. And the Saints have money wrapped up in their quarterback to where I think they'd want to go cheap at running back to where just if they entered next year with Kamara and Kendra Miller at running back, like that wouldn't surprise me to where Kendra Miller has a role. Whereas just like with Roshan and Chase Brown, like I. I think they have an uphill shot of being in a decent role next year. Yeah, no, I think you guys are overthinking like Roshan Johnson's role. Like it's his rookie year. I don't really know what you want to expect out of him. Like he's averaging 4.5 yards carry. You know, he has a decently long run on his rookie year with limited carries. What was it? 20 some yards, 29 yards. It's pretty decent. It's probably Najee's career high long run. Like, 
it's nothing like spectacular and he's not going to break out, but like they've been using a committee, like it's a tanking team, but I don't know what you expect them to do with running back next year. Like, why would they prioritize that when they have Herbert and Johnson? Like what has give you the inkling that they will all of a sudden just turn it over to Roshan next year? Like, I, I think out of that list, like he, he might even be, yeah, he's third at the highest to where I think they would give them him the full. Like, I think it's a possibility that Spears is a top back for the Titans next year. They well, I feel like great. this list you gave us is just like, shit, man, you got lucky on your draft. Like, you got him. Maybe you should cut Brown. But, like, Spears gets yards, like I called out in the podcast. Uh, he just gets yards. And I feel like Kendra Miller, he might not even get like those touches next year. I feel like Roshan has a higher likelihood to get touches than Miller, depending on what happens with Kamara in the offseason. And I just feel like all of these are toss-ups. But the one I feel like Brown is like, do you keep him on your roster? How long do you have your taxi squad open for? Can you keep people in your taxi squad for two years? Maybe with Brown, but isn't he like significantly older than the rest of them? Should you even have him on your taxi squad? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Spears is pretty old too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's he looks good though. Yeah. yeah I mean big, I big difference between being old and looking good and being old and looking bad. He hasn't got much opportunity so far. I mean he's also on IR, which in his spot, you can't really afford that. But it's just Logan, like Logan in your uh, in your rebuild. Go get him. Well, Spears doesn't have ACLs we'll, 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 either, so we'll, we'll how does he tear one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get Chase down. Toss him a twenty twenty seven fourth. Jesse would be all over that. Yeah, I was gonna say in your massive trades, just put Chase Brown in him. Toss in the sixth round. Jesse will accept it. <laughs> Any rebuttals, Jesse? Nope. I uh, there were no lies told. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I think it'll be interesting to see um, for these backs because this year we've seen James Cook and Rashad White kind of emerge into that RB one role after not really being a huge part of it in year one, and I think. A back like Miller and Spears, I think they – I personally just think they have a better shot than Roshan. And but – Finger up. Um, what was the draft capital on the running backs on both of those teams? None on the Bills and Leonard Fournette got released from the Buccaneers. So I feel like it's just looking at the opportunity of their backfields. And both of them are still theoretically there with Herbert and Kamara. So I feel like it might be a little too early to tell. Yeah, and I I think it might even be too early to tell on Spears. Because, like, are we for sure thinking that Henry's gone? Like, I, Ron? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Like, I, I think Henry could be back. And, like, do I think the Titans will go forward next year with just Tajay Spears? Like, will they really have him returning kicks and have him as the RB1? Like, I I think that's a lot to put on a running back. But I, I think they'll draft someone if they don't have Henry. But I, I think they could still have Henry. I feel like the more realistic comparison, are we going to be seeing the DeMarco, Derrick Henry torch passing between 
Henry and Spears, where you just start seeing them both linearly. Oh, mess that word up. Them going up together and then just switching halfway through the season. And then you're pissed off that you drafted DeMarco Murray, but it's actually Spears. Yeah, and I and I could see that. And the guy I I was kind of trying to think of there. I thought there should have been one other guy. And I'm sorry, guys. This will this will be the last topic of the podcast. We're going to transition to the Seahawks. They have Ken Walker, who was drafted in the second round last year, and or two years ago. And this year, past year, I, I don't know how to describe it in terms of years, but they they got Zach Charbonnet the very next year in the second round. What do we make of this, guys? Like, do we think it's just the Ken Walker show going forward? Do we think it's a split? Do we think Charbonnet will eventually supplant him? Like, what do you guys think? I'm going to listen to the coaches. The coaches said it's going to be a two, two out of backfield that they're both going to get their work in. And I, yeah, I'm listening to the coaches. I think that that's exactly what it'll be. I mean, honestly, I mean, we're talking about people being replaced in, you know, the Seahawk land. And I don't even know if Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet are the ones to be of concern. I feel like it's more of Geno Smith and Drew Locke because I know Drew Locke would be winning more games than Geno. But honestly, I feel like at this point, I think you need to trade Kenneth Walker. He's a touchdown hound. I think his stats are so inflated with his touchdowns. He's got six so far. You could have sold him a few weeks ago, for, probably for great value. Might be too late, but at this point, we'll see what happens. I'd probably hold on to him, see what happens. Yeah, and if you listen to the early pod, like the start of the pod, I was I was big on the Geno Cell train. I, I was not buying his second year of his 12th year breakout, whatever he had last season. But yeah, I I think Ken Walker is the sell if you can do it, but just try to avoid the other person seeing the fact that Kenneth Walker the past two weeks had 41% of the snaps and 49% of the snaps. Like he's Charbonnet's been out snapping him, guys. Like it's it's kind of getting a little bit dark for Ken Walker, in my opinion. I, I think we're kind of in danger territory. And I and as someone who owns Ken Walker in the league that I'm rebuilding, I've been trying to trade Ken Walker, but I'm not getting a lot of bites. And that kind of has me concerned. I think the biggest thing about Kenneth Walker is his hands. Um, Yeah, he's been making up for the receptions and touchdowns, but he just isn't getting the receptions like a crazy PPR back and production value that you'd want out of a running back like him. I don't know. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, Charbonnet is going to be the third down back, the receiving back. And, guys, just a word of advice and like in rookie drafts, running backs who don't catch passes in college do not all of a sudden become good receiving backs in the NFL. That that They don't translate. Like, that that doesn't. Like they translate, sorry, they translate pretty well. Like it's just if you're not a receiving back in college, probably not going to be in the NFL. And Ken Walker, like there are some people that believe he was all of a sudden just going to become a receiving back, but he's not. Like they they just don't trust him in it. And if they don't they don't trust you in college to have a huge workload and be able to catch passes, it's not going to change once you get in the big leagues. And that 
that's with Ken Walker that I'm I'm concerned about is I, I think Charbonnet is a pretty good back. And Ken Walker, he might be a little bit too one-dimensional for me. We have some bias here, that. though. I want to highlight we do have some bias here. Kenneth Walker finished his college career at uh, Michigan State. Zach Charbonnet transferred from Michigan to UCLA. want to highlight the bias, but he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't have anything against Ken Walker. Like, he kicked Michigan's ass, and he was a very good college player. Very good college player. I just think he's a little bit one-dimensional as a back. And that that has me concerned for his dynasty value. Yeah, and I was going to say is, like, the only running back we've ever seen revolutionize their receiving game, is that, is that Derrick Henry? What do we got here? Him and his screen passes? That, that doesn't even count. Hey, real quick, Nick. So uh, a great question, I think, here is, what would you take then for Kenneth Walker? So in that league that you're trying to sell him, if somebody offered you two seconds for Ken Walker, are you hitting accepts? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I the the ideal trade package for me, first and a third, I accept on the spot. I I just don't think I'm gonna get it, unfortunately. Well, but there's I, your issue. That's why a lot of times Nick says, I can't sell this guy. And it's always because, well, yeah, you're asking for the value like Logan said that you could have got six weeks ago, not now. Yeah, That's and, what it is, buddy. But at the same time, it's just with Ken Walker, like I still think he's a back that even though I think Charbonnet could end up being better, like Ken Walker's still gonna get touches to where I, I think he can return second round type value. Where it's just like I, I wouldn't completely sell at that. But Wait, what was your initial value, Jesse, that you just said? Two second rounders. And you wouldn't take that, Nick? Right, he feels this way about the guy. See, this is the thing. Okay. It's so tough to trade with Dick because of this right here. <laughs> I feel hey, like that's I, pretty I, fair value, right? Well, I mean, to me it depends because as a team that's rebuilding with Ken Walker, if I'm going to get a second-round pick, it's likely going to be late. For it's just like, would you accept two late-round picks for Ken Walker? Like, I, I, I don't think I would. But it's just I like... A if, late in the mid. I don't usually think too late. That's pretty... That's pretty odd ball. Okay, but too. even a late in the mid, like I I still think that's a shot in the dark for someone who like Ken Walker has proven the ability to like have the explosive play and score touchdowns. Like he can score touchdowns. But we aren't buying him in real football, Nick. We're buying him in fantasy football. What kind of fantasy points can he get if he's splitting but the backfield? What are you trying to sell here, buddy? Ken Walker's RB ten on the season so far. Fair point. <laughs> we got the Brian Robinson argument all over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on a what rebuild, is he the last two weeks. What is he the last two weeks? He's he scored touchdowns. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, he he hasn't been great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't been scoring for a while, has he? He he had eight carries for sixty six yards, nine carries, sixteen yards. But I mean, that also goes into the fact that Gino carries and nine bad. carries. And you want a first-round pick for him? As a contender, would you do that? As a contender, would you give up your late first and, and your third for Ken Walker straight up? If you were a contender. In one league, I actually did offer a, a late first. And I think it might have been a third. But the person wanted a first, second, and a third. And I, I pushed back. 
that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Damn. That's surprising that they uh wait, when was this? Uh this was a few weeks back. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it might have been whenever he was playing a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he, he's a tough sell right now. I like I'll I'll give in there. Like he I, I think I may probably need to lower expectations. I I think that might be my issue here. I I, I think I need to wait for some boom weeks. But it's just that I mean, right. I agree. I agree. Don't sell them yet. Wait, wait for some boom weeks, and then you can get them for a first and a third again, maybe. But yeah, right now, I think it's a tough sell. Anything more than two no. seconds. Yeah, and I a few weeks. Yeah, I I had that idea, but at the same time, I'm also thinking like if he's like he's young, like on a rebuild, like I'd be okay holding him, even though it's risky, very risky to hold a running back because I I. I kind of was burned by that last year, but with the same team and which why I'm still in rebuild year two, because I thought I could hold a running back through a rebuild and yeah, got a little burnt, but that's the way it goes sometimes. What's the league name on this one? Just out of curiosity. I can't remember what it's called, but oh, okay. we're not in the same. We're not in the league. Same league. Oh, I thought it was Cujans. <laughs> no, no. Well, guys, do you have anything else today? Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, how are you guys feeling about uh, rookie quarterbacks? And we'll talk about this on the next segment. Honestly, we should save it for the next podcast. Holy smokes! I was like, I was like, oh my gosh! You just stepped in the Knicks world. We're gonna be here for hours. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's not talk about it in this episode. Let's talk about it next episode. It's 11:30 at night where you guys are. It's Thursday. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. How much? How much time do we have here? Yeah, I I figured. (laughs) What what time do we all start work in the morning? (laughs) Give a little tease before I uh, mention the names Will Levis and Aiden O'Connell. So we'll talk about it next episode for sure. Yeah. And guys, I, I wouldn't mind getting into a little bit of next year's rookie class. Oh, I knew that's what what I knew. Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't mind like that's what I least... thought we were talking about. That's what I said stepping into oh. Nick's, yeah. Nick's zone here. Yeah. I love I, that. I, I I have some QB talk, running backs, wide receivers. I I'll I'll bring it all up, guys. I I'll come prepare next time to where we'll get a little bit of an intro into the next year's rookie draft. And receivers. Oh, receivers, receivers especially. Yeah. I, I got a list of receivers that I think I think this re- wide receiver class is going to be pretty good. I, 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 re- I really think so. Interesting. That's good to know. Right. I wish I had some picks. <laughs> running back, running backs, I'm, I'm not yeah. very optimistic about. But wide receiver, pretty good. Quarterback, pretty good. Like, yep. I think quarterback, wide receiver, pretty good class. I'm excited about a lot of the couple of the guys at the like at QB, the guys at the front. I'm excited about wide receiver. I think first through third round, like I think yeah. of the NFL draft, I think we're going to be pretty, we're going to have some good picks in the rookie draft. Where in the I second round, some darts. Yeah, yeah. Second round, we're it could be a decent place to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guys, all right, much more for next time. Oh, yeah. But guys, follow him on Twitter at ProTalkLogan. Follow him at Jesse underscore Setzer. Follow me at PTNick32. Until next time, Dino Talk.